Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios' premier wrestling podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today is always the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, Vince's voice of reason. It is hot. <laughs> Good morning, buddy. How are we doing this week? Good morning, Sam. No, we're doing great. I, I still chuckle every time you, you say that nickname. It just it makes me laugh. Um, I wish he'd listen, but that's beside the point. <laughs> um, we had a great week of wrestling and uh, Saturday loaded loaded card and obviously by the time people listen to this NXT war games will be in the books as well so Sam what's on tap well before we get to that Scott yes due to scheduling conflicts I do not believe there will be a post show that will be posted just make sure you follow Scott while he live tweets all the action or as you you know I'm saying that like you guys are gonna be doing it, but Scott will will have live tweeted the show. Wow, it's so weird recording before and trying to think about after. I know, right? <laughs> Insane. Insane. But yeah, don't forget to listen to Raw Review, NXT Narrative, and SmackDown Study, all three shows that Scott covers of WWE content that drops on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, respectively. Yeah, loaded week. Let's get right into the meat and potatoes here. Mm. There were three big shows. Don't forget, next week is final battle. Yes. The Ring of Honor hiatus show. I won't be able to cover it due to my scheduling conflicts. We plan on doing. It. I'm definitely buying that DVD. If make they make an announcement for that, everyone go out, pre-order it, buy it. Yep. I was just telling Scott before we recorded. This is starting to feel like the last Nitro. Because mm. even even from every documentary I've seen, not watching wrestling at that time, it was uncertain what was going to happen. There were people convinced that Vince McMahon was going to relaunch Nitro somewhere down the line. Which obviously, as we know, did not happen right. 20 years later. Yeah, it was it was a, a surreal feeling, actually. I was, I was, by that time, I was full WWE, but I would still kind of go back and forth from Nitro during, like, commercials and, and see what's going on. But watching that last show, going back and forth and showing things from WWE's standpoint and wcw standpoint it was it was surreal like when shane came out like i remember i swapped channels back and forth just to see like how the camera views were and i'm like is this really happening live and i'm oh my god like as a kid i was like freaking out (laughs) i can i can only imagine like i don't see 
anybody else doing this. Unless there was some form of merger when one company bought out the other, WWE or AEW. That's the only reason I could see it ever happening. But I don't see that happening if, you know, for a long time, if at all, at this point. Right. But that being said, guys, Ring of Honor Final Battle, we are looking forward to it. It's a bittersweet moment. But I think there's a lot of other promotions that might fall right into place. We're going to talk with one that we've been eyeballing for since this podcast started. Game Changer Wrestling had an event in Dallas on Saturday. Mind you, everything we're going to talk about can't happen on Saturday. Game Changer Wrestling had so alive in Dallas at the Irvin Arena. Uh, I'm going to go through these cards quickly, and we'll make little notes here and there. Uh, Joey Janela defeated ASF. Tony Deppin defeated Demonic Flamita. Atticus Kogar defeated Jordan Oliver in a no contest. Blake Christian returned. To the independent scene, taking on and defeating Jake Cartwheel. Second gear crew, AJ Gray and Matthew Justice defeated Alex Colon and Sadika. Sadika. Uh, scramble match, Fuego Del Sol, our boy. Nice. Uh, defeated Drago Kid, Nick Wayne, Gringo Loco, Sam Stackhouse, and Deranged. The GCW World Tag Team Championship match. With the Briscoes defending and retaining the belts against Ninja Mac and Dante Leon. Thunder Rosa defeated Ali Catch. There is a promo about this that Scott sent me, which is definitely worth watching. And there was a death match. Jane Wade Murdoch defeated Jimmy Lloyd. Um, I want to make note of the Briscoes right now. I don't think people, first and foremost, Jay Lethal was the face of Ring of Honor. If he did not exist, it'd be the Briscoes. Right. They are day like. They were there since day one. They have been there since day one. Um, they will be, re- you know, defending those GCW titles at Blood on the Hills on the seventeenth against Brody King and PCO. Ooh, yeah, I know. Or ROH talent. But keep in mind, they've been fucking, and I will say that fucking so hard with FTR on Twitter. Oh my god! Like, ah, uh, like just give me this match. <laughs> There are rumors that they are both, that they have been backstage. Yeah, for dynamite tapings. Oh, my God. For anybody who's watched ROH, they know. They know how them boys are. And if they show up on dynamite or even rampage, I don't care. Uh, Yeah. They, every time I've seen, I've, I've seen three Ring of Honor shows. And I think they wrestle on each and every one of them. Them coming out and wrestling, they had what I would say. They just felt like talent that would have existed in ECW if it existed today. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Like, yes. they are just like, like, look, look at them. Uh, my buddy Alex, and Alex, I'm going to quote you here. He calls them the Usos on meth. <laughs> like, could you imagine the Usos going head to head with these two? Mm. Ah, creme de la creme. Mm, incredible. We're keeping an eye. We're watching. They're mm. gonna show. Absolutely sure they're gonna show. Minds will be lost when this happens. Well, maybe Battle for the Belts. I mean, FTR are technically champions in AAA. It's true. It's true. Winter is coming. There's a lot going on here, Scott. 
we could, all day. We could do this all day. Um, we are less than a month. Sorry, making a jump here. We are less than a month away from one of the biggest, if not the biggest, event in professional wrestling. <laughs> Two night event in Japan at the Tokyo Dome, January fourth and fifth. Wrestle Kingdom sixteen, right around the corner. But we're still a little more than a month away. From the third night, the 50th anniversary show, New Japan Pro Wrestling taking on Noah. Now, I bring this up. There's nothing I really saw this week to talk about here, except one pointer. I don't know if we talked about it last time. Kenta made his debut in Noah. Ooh, no, we did not speak of this. That's amazing. And Kenta has been on AEW. He's been wrestling on New Japan Strong. He is a member, an active member of the Bullet Club. The Japanese scene could explode next year if we see a co-promoted product between these two companies. Right. I would like to see Dragon Gate involved in all Japan, but there's, you know, there's so much to go into it. I am so excited for this alone. But Kenta is Noah. So maybe there's going to be shenanigans. Maybe there's going to be betrayal. Maybe I, we, Scott, we could, we could go all day. Mm-hmm. I texted you this week. I love the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> love Wrestle Kingdom. This event here, though, is probably even more exciting for next year. Mm. And it's not like they're rivals. I mean, we've talked about the history of pro wrestling, no, for you know, several times, and how it was pretty much all of, um. All Japan's talent pretty much left um, in the early 2000s and formed Noah. So it's not like they have bad blood with each other. Right. So I'm – what's going to happen? What's – I uh, – this would have this would have been the equivalent of WWE and, like, Ring of Honor. Yeah. Because they're not competitors, but it's like, yo, Ring of Honor is, like, the shit, and you got the top dog. Here you got right. the top dog. And Noah, which I've, I've watched a few matches – I watched uh, when Muda won the belt. I came across that. You can find it on YouTube, guys. They they know how to put on a show, too. So, as I told Scott also before we recorded, this is slowly becoming the everything but WWE show. Yep. Almost like the format we're going for since Scott covers everything else right now. We're going to immerse ourselves. We're going to take the red pill and see how far down the rabbit hole goes. Yes. But to jump back. With Ring of Honor going on this hiatus, I have this feeling that other companies are going to have their opportunity to rise up and grow and mm-hmm. start to make a name for themselves. GCW is one of them. GCW, I think, with Ring of Honor, it might be hard for Ring of Honor to come back with a company like that because right. they've been up and coming for a while. Yep. Um, another one is one that we need to get you know back into the fire there, Scott. NWA, they had their Hard Times 2 event as well. I'm going to go through this card quickly. There were some really cool cool moments here. Especially we talk about the end. I know Scott's super excited about this. Okay, the Hex defeated Kylie Ray. Oh, man. That looks like a four-way tag match. Yeah, four-way tag match for the women's tag titles. Uh, Mims defeated Jax Dane. Homicide defeated out, you know, Homicide, I could go through these, they have a lot of names here. Uh, Homicide uh, won the gauntlet match for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Austin Aries defeated Titus 
for the junior heavyweight qualifying match. The OG Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett defeated Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos for the tag titles. Well, they retained. Colby Carino defeated Doug Williams in the singles. Mickey James defeated Kira Hogan for the knockouts title. Tyrus defeated Cyron. Uh, no DQ match for the television championship with Pope as the special guest referee. The Pope. Chris Adonis defeated Judius for the national championship. Wow, these are tight. They really brought a lot of their old titles back, huh? They did. They did. La Rebellion defeated the end for the tag titles. A grudge match between Nick Aldis and Tom Latimer. Camille defeated Molina for the woman's title. And Trevor Murdoch defeated Mike Knotts to retain the uh, you know, the 10 pounds of gold. Now, this one here, the end of it, I caught and I freaked out. I said to Scott. Hmm. We have a man who's shown his face in almost every promotion in the States since leaving WWE. Matt Cardona came out at the end of this. I don't know if he's the biggest heel out there right now so or good. this guy has fire behind him. It's it's amazing. Welcome to Matt Cardona Wrestling Alliance. That's really what this is. This is it's incredible. Like this is this he is doing and I know Moxley was doing it, and you know some other wrestlers have done it. Nobody's doing it like Cardona is right now. He's, he's, he's touching everywhere. everything. It's amazing. Like, I'm literally waiting for him to show up in AAA or in MLW. That's that's really what's left here. Watch yeah. him show up in Final Battle, just 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 because. <laughs> he, I don't know what to say. Like he everywhere, everywhere he's showing up. And it's exciting. It's incredible. This is he, uh, he, I think, is forging the way of what we imagine. What I would expect from most AEW talent. Like what Nick, what Tony Nick Khan, fuck that guy. Uh, Tony Khan had. Where it's like, okay, we're going to sign you. We have all this stuff. But guess what? You guys can work with anyone else, too. And I think this is this is how I imagine like Matt Carter. This is how I imagine some of this other talent working. Thunder Rosa, like we said, she was at GCW's um, So Alive event. Yep. A lot of exciting shit. A lot of it. I might have to buy this pay-per-view on DVD. Wow, I'm going to have to start buying wrestling DVDs again. We're going to have to be tape traders, if you will. Well, you can't do it with WWE anymore because they've they've stopped production of DVDs in Canada and the U.S. So I'm just like, oh, well, that sucks. But yeah, I, I get yeah. it. But also, like, your big four events. I don't know about you, Scott. I wasn't buying pay per views unless I was there. Same. The only pay per view I actually really own is the Royal Rumble, where there were 40 competitors in Boston. I bought it because I was there and I wanted to have that memory forever outside yeah, I, of the, the network. I have, I'm going to literally back up here. I have War of the War. Um, we're talking about me. I only have 33. There are other pay per views I would like to get. I have War of the Worlds. I want Global Wars, Mass Hysteria. That's going to be tough where the Ring of Honor DVDs are going to come from. That's true. Or you um, could be like Impact and go VHS, which completely blew my mind. Oh yeah, what was what what was that event? That was something else we wanted to talk about quickly. Uh, I believe it was Bound for Glory. I believe VHS. Wow. I'm like, like, what year is it? <laughs> yeah, 
I, I'm all about retro. Don't get me wrong. Right. I own vinyl like it's nobody's business. Well, vinyl's come back in style, which it should never have gone out of style, in, in my opinion. Vinyl actually sells more than CDs do every year now. That doesn't surprise me because everybody else is doing things, you know, through iTunes or whatnot. Um, I myself is still a CD collector. I wish I had um, a turntable. A turntable. I used to have one um, when I was younger. My aunt actually gave it to my folks and I used it in my bedroom and I had so many, so many records. Um, but as I've got older, I moved on, you know, CDs and MP3s and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I, I, one day I'm pretty sure I'll end up buying myself one again and try to see if my parents still have all my, my old, my old vinyl records. Yeah. If you can ever get back on that, that'd be amazing. Um, Yeah, so I'm all about that. But I know bands who've released stuff on cassettes. I know bands who've released stuff on A-Track. If you know what an A-Track is, look it up. It's the worst headache of your life. My grandparents gave me theirs when I was little. And even as a little kid, I'm like, why the fuck does this thing switch sides midway through a song? Yep, yep. I had an A-Track as well. Yeah, that was that was something. That was a ride. Um, uh, VHS is another one. Why? 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 <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I, I um, in a world full of Blu-rays, be a VHS tape. <laughs> I mean, you want to be really weird? Put it on fucking laser laser disc or Betamax. Jeez. Ooh, there you go. Now we're going real back. Laser discs. Uh I remember back in the day, I'm going to age myself a little bit, when everybody was like, don't buy CD, you know, don't buy DVDs anymore. Laserdiscs, the way to go. And I'm like, mm, don't think so. And then Blu-ray came around. I'm like, ah, there it is. There's the upgrade. Oh, what a jump. But, uh. <laughs> I know. Where, where did we go, Sam? We were talking about the VHS release and the DVDs. I don't know why. I guess I get it. If you want to do, like, a limited run. Or like a store only thing. I'm cool with that. But to be like, nah, we're going completely digital on your on your streaming platform that's not even yours and sucks. It sucks. Scott, did I say that? Oh, it sucks. I don't know, Sam. Tell me how you really feel about it. It sucks. Garbage. <sighs> that being said. <laughs> fuck Peacock. Ah, anyways. <sighs> you know, we talked about never being, like, negative about this, but I swear, like, there's certain things that leak out. It's like, it's like anger management. It's like, nope, nope, nope. Gotta steer back. You know, gotta, gotta, gotta get ourselves right back to where we were. Put ourselves in our place. Be constructive about things. Except for Peacock. Fuck Peacock. It's true. It does suck. But anyways, yeah, what I, I highly advise from people, well, like, honestly, if they're going to play this game um, and people don't want to buy pay-per-views off the bat anymore, especially, I mean, I'm iffy with it. Uh, I don't know about you, Scott. There are definitely times where I'm like, especially Ring of Honor. So, like, Ring of Honor service, when you, when you, I bought all in. 
on, you know, Ring of Honor, uh, Honor Club. Never got the hard copy. I wish I did. They ended up, when you unsubscribe to Honor Club, you lose that access to those pay-per-views. Right. When you resubscribe, you still lose access to those pay-per-views if they're within a certain time frame. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so if I put what I pay, I think it was like 25, 30 bucks for that. I didn't have access to it. I was I was a little bullshit. My DVDs. Anyways. I'm also a hard copy guy. I think most of you at this point with my old setup saw my CDs and whatnot, my video games. And one day I'm going to have a study like a this is how I describe it, like a Teddy Roosevelt trophy room. Ooh. Minus the trophies. I'm not really a game. I'm not a game hunter. But like a nice wooden fireplace and a nice big desk and a nice soothing gentleman's lounge where I can have my humidor and I can smoke. And I can sit up all night and, you know, play Halo Infinite on my Xbox, you know, like Mm. the gentlemen do. Um, (laughs) Just imagine that, like a nice fireplace, you hear the crackling, just very calming music, the turntable going. You hear the crackling and then headshot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You just see the Master Chief teabagging. Yes. As Teddy Roosevelt would have liked. Mm. Wow. We are straying off course here. <laughs> Is this OFR? What's happening, Sam? Oh, man. The hybrid. It's a hybrid. Yes. There it is. Oh, man. That would be a weird shit. The hybrid. Uh, we Scott, we need. Oh, yeah. What, I still have food shopping to do today. Anyways, uh, on top of all that, totally forgot. Triple A, Triple Mania. Regia, Regia, sorry, I'm totally fucking that up. Um, their AAA, uh, their Triple Mania event, they do. It's supposed to be the WrestleMania, but they do it like what four times a year. I always find that odd. Yeah. Um, this is a big deal. This is actually the match, the 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 match. This is the event that Kenny Omega should have been at. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously did not show because he had to drop the belt due to the health reasons. Um, da, 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 da. where are you? So here's the card for this one. Uh, Las Taxica. Wow, yeah. If somebody's gonna listen to this, I'm like, wow, this is the this is Sam's not doing a good job. So this first match is interesting. Okay, they had a dark match. Then they had the this opening match. Las Taxitas defeated. Fabe, Apache, Lady Sanai, and Sexy Star 2. Wait for it, because this is interesting. In a Lumberjacks with Straps match. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm curious. Now, do the Lumberjacks have, like, straps that they're beating on whoever goes outside? If that's the case, then I want to see this match. I do, too. I'm really curious. Super curious. Super crazy. Um, underrated wrestler back in the day. Absolutely, hundred percent. Um, we did had Nuvea Generation Dinamita defeating Lost Vipers and El Poto del 
Norte. That's like Tito Santana. Am I reading that right? It might. Oh, a younger guy named Tito. It's not Tito Santana. Oh, okay, okay. It's a 35-year-old with that name. Wow, okay. I was like, wait a minute. What year is this? Um, That was a three-way trios match to be the number one contenders for the AAA World Trios Championships. Um, La Empresa. You know, Samantha and I were talking the other day that we need to learn Spanish. It's true, sir. Right now, I, I can do French. Because I did take French. Man, do I sound too American right now. <laughs> I sound like Brad Pitt in uh, Inglorious Bastards. La Empresia. Um, they defeated Dave the Clown, Murder Clown, and Chessman in a trios match. La Faction Ingobernable. Uh, Dragon Lee. That one, I mean, that one's a little easy. <laughs> I wonder what faction that is. Oh, um, defeated Laredo Kid and Willie Mack. Triple A Tag Champions FTR with Vicky Guerrero Ooh. defeated the Lucha Brothers for the titles. Uh, Psycho Clown, Pagno, and Kane Velasquez. I totally forgot he's wrestling down there. Defeated LA Park and Los Mercenaros, which includes Black Taurus. And last but not least, who I thought would have won the title, the Triple A Mega Championship. El Hero del Vikino defeated Samurai del Sol, Jay Lethal, Bobby Fish, and Bandito. Good. I, I, I expected that, so good. I'm glad they went with that. So this is something, like I said, AAA is not in the States due to some falling out they had years ago. You can find this on YouTube somewhere. Definitely check it out. I want to see AAA back in the States so bad. Uh, they they do put on some great shows. Um. So much wrestling. Not enough time. I know. No. You know, it's like MLW. They have a, I think they have a new show. They have Fusion right now. But I believe they also have Azteca Underground going. I need to watch this, but I have no time. This is why I'm here, Scott. To tell you that we don't have any time. I know. Not like that stick song. We do not have too much time on our hands. <laughs> right? But we watch a lot of wrestling throughout the week, so figure that one out. I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> Man, people going to listen to this episode and be like, what the hell is going on today? Hopefully they enjoy it so we can start doing more of this. <laughs> I like to ramble. We don't get it to is. ramble enough. Yeah, it's true. It really is. So let's get quickly into the last bit of info. Um, the last show here before we get into the meat and potatoes. Impact Wrestling. Scott and I got super excited for this week as we're watching everything happen fall out. First and foremost, Matt Cardona comes out. Um, I guess they were talking about what happened at Turning Point. Moose came out. Um, yeah, I'm just, again, I'm skimming through the highlights on this. Chris Sabin and Matt Reinhold went one-on-one with Sabin winning. Our boy, our boy from NXT, Made his impact debut. Jonah def- wrestled and defeated Jai Vital. Rachel Elring defeated defeated Savannah Evans. Our favorite faction lost to Rich Swan and Willie Mack. They are not violent by design, it seems. Makes me sad. 
Um, and the main event was probably, and I've I've learned this with Impact, and I think it's something you do get from WWE at times, um, where the opening of the show corresponds to the main event. Yes. Um, Matt Cardona and Eddie Edwards took on Moose and Morrissey, and winning. So, and somewhere in there, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some Wrestle House shit. Wouldn't be surprised. Because, you know, Scott and I don't watch anymore, so they would bring Wrestle House back. Of course they would. Of course they would. <sighs> yep. So, let's get right into this week. Mm, good old A-Dub. <laughs> we kick off. This week, Brian Danielson taking on Alan Angels. Oh, my God. This is in Atlanta. Yep. Oh, no. This was Duluth, Georgia. Duluth, uh, Georgia, yeah. Atlanta's is Duluth? next week, I think. I don't know anymore. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. I went AEW. Why does UFC come up? Wow, Yahoo sucks. I'm in No, they're in Long Island. This is the big UBS show. Oh, the that's UBS right. Show. That's right because Raw was just there, and now we get to see how AEW fares with them, and then they go to Texas for Winter Is Coming. Yep. Then Greensboro, North Carolina, Jacksonville, December 29th. Damn, I'm gonna be in Florida too. I wish I had tickets for that. Um. Anyways, yeah, they were in Duluth, Georgia. So, you know, hometown hero here. I don't know if Alan Angels is that good or Brian Daniels makes him look that good. It might be a little bit of both. And that's what I think I'm getting at here because both men looked incredible. People forget why they signed some of this talent. You know, obviously Alan Angels is on the – the, the bottom tier of the Dark Order, but being able to open up the, the episode with him and Brian Danielson taking on each other. I, I I strongly stick to what I've said. Brian Danielson is the most consistent man in the ring and not consistent like he has all right matches. His matches are the best matches on the card. He's hitting his, his stride and his he wants to call it his peak at this point, and I completely agree. He's doing, for for the first time in a long time, something that he truly loves, and that's being a professional wrestler. And he's being a heel to boot. It's just... I love it. I love watching every single second that he's in the ring. This is the, this is the Brian Danielson that I've been waiting for to truly show up. Outside of the build... For Yeselmania, this is the best Daniel uh, Brian Danielson I've ever seen. Yeah, he just he's he's flawless. He just he's so good. It almost and it's cool that he got what he got in WWE. He got his he, rightful due. Yeah, but it also makes it almost makes the his his initial run sound that much more infuriating. Even though in the long run it paid off and it made him a big star. To watch what he's doing now and be like, they saw nothing in him at first. Right. What? Th- Getting this- fired after his first appearance on, on Raw after, you know, attacking Justin Roberts, who also is in AEW. <laughs> blows my mind. It's yep. baffling. So, 
this was great. Obviously, Danielson won, but we're going to be in New York, and he's going to wrestle somebody from Long Island. And you know what, that man? He's a little hungry. He's a little hungry. We got John Silver. I personally love how Brian Danielson will run down every single member that he faces of the Dark Order and does it so flawlessly. It's just he eviscerates whoever he's going to be wrestling. And I, I, I've been saying this until it happens, you know, at, at uh, winter is coming. He's going to mow through everybody in the dark order. And then Adam, you know, Adam Page is going to be like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> it's going to be a, a beautiful match. And I can't wait to watch it. But I don't see Brian Danielson winning this whole thing. And it's going to infuriate him. I think it's going to continue that feud. Yeah, we might get a couple of matches between these two. I'd be all right with that. Especially since, you know, he's... Winner is coming. He's not going up against Hangman. He's going up against Wangman. Don't forget that. Oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever did the graphics for that... Applaud you, sir. Yes. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Love it so much. So... Following that, we had CM Punk taking on and defeating Lee Moriarty. This was kind of cool. And mm. we've probably seen this at this point, CM Punk and Brian Danielson back-to-back on the card. But these two put on a great match. Lee Moriarty was a awesome sign-in. Signee. Great. Um, obviously, MJF mocking him the whole match was just perfect. So good. This feud is everything that I've wanted from these two so far. And they haven't even touched yet. He did not lose a moment. He never slipped up and said CM Punk. The whole thing, he's like, PG Punk, PG Punk, PG Punk. He made sure that what he was saying was almost like canon. Yep. And then they went, you know, I I think I texted you afterwards. It was like, if I could touch you right now. and And I'm like, yep. I've heard that in my life, <laughs> but it was great match. This feud, we're like we said, we're building up to one of the potential, the best heel champions we will see when he gets that belt. Yes. He might, maybe not as much as Kenny in terms of, you know, the ingring. I mean, I think he's still a great wrestler, but the heat this man will have. If he doesn't have that belt for longer than a for about a year, I'll be upset. He needs yeah. that belt for a while. Yeah, because honestly, like he has so much protection around him. Whoever's going to be his challenger literally has to go through the entire pinnacle to get to him. It's kind of like what Jericho did back in the day. And even though Jericho won that last match, MJF won that feud because it got him even farther over. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whoever, whoever, whatever babyface challenges MJF after he eventually beats Hangman Adam Page for the title, that person's going to be a superstar. And part of me feels it's going to be Dante Martin. Mm-hmm. A whole other thing that happened. Yep. Things will have to happen in in certain orders, but you know how I feel about Dante. And what he's doing right now. Yeah, yeah. He didn't really say much, too, I think, when they had him on the mic earlier. No, but then that's all right. He didn't really, he doesn't really have to talk yet. 
No, he doesn't because he's he, why does he need to talk? Right. Because, you know, going off of what you're saying, maybe he's just like, yeah, I'm going to join them. They can do all the talking. I'll just go fight. Yep. And when the time happens, boom. Yep. Implosion. Yep. So next up, we had very, first of all, I think it was Sting's first in ring appearance on TNT. In years, they were saying. Yeah. But not only that, we got his first single. Uh, it was his first match against Billy Gunn in what do we say, fifteen years or something like that. Yeah. Man, this was cool, and this was exciting to see the Gun Club on TV. Yes. Um. Per, you know, you and I had this talk. It would have been cool to see the Gun Club win. I'm yeah. not mad with either or team winning here. True. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if you were going head to head the two undefeated teams, I feel like the best way that would you would have been able to ha- make this happen was at a pay per view. That's true. Or winter is coming, a bigger event. Right. Um, it was a good match. It was a fun match. Billy Gunn doesn't look like he's aged. No. You know, some of this talent here, I mean, fucking Sting even, like, he's, in a, he's he's north of 60. I know. Most other people are like, oh, you're 60 years old. Like, Triple H, everyone's like, oh, you're looking a little stiff. You know, Sean and Trips probably shouldn't, probably should slow down. Undertaker looking a little stiff. Sting over there wrestling like he's like, it's the Monday Night Wars all over again. Right. Yep. And, and, and I hate myself for having to say this, but they're actually being used correctly. They are. They are. Um, I know exactly what you're... I know... <laughs> it took me a minute to see what you were talking about there. <laughs> Fucking Andrew. <laughs> Fucking Andrew. Our, our friend Andrew, um, in our group chat, whenever anybody gets released from WWE, he always goes, ah, it's all right. They'll get signed by AEW and get used correctly. And every single time, either Sam or myself always has some quip back at him. But the fact that I had to admit that on this podcast, it, it, it eats away at my soul. I really, and the fact that he'll probably listen to this one day and he'll be like, ah, you sons of bitches, I told you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. I do want to mention well, – we're going to go to Rampage, and I have something to say about that. But we'll, it, it, it kind of goes in lieu with what we're talking about here. Um. But then we had this TV, TBS Championship Tournament quarterfinal. Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander might be the match of the night. It started off like super technical, and like the the ladies were feeling each other out like for like a good ten minutes, and it felt like the crowd was gonna lose interest, and then things just went. And I'm like, oh, okay, there it is. <laughs> I love this match. I thought it was fun. It was. Um, Soho obviously is going forward. You know, big. You know. Big hug at the end, you know. I kind of like it's bringing in a little bit that it's kind of like what Jay Lethal did when he wrestled Sammy. Yes. Um, you know, the code of honor in Ring of Honor was, you know, it, it's it's a Ring of Honor. You know, you shake your man, you know, your opponent's hand before you wrestle. Very yep. important. And there's a little bit of that that I really like. Even though, yeah, heel work is going to be heel work, but right. like to be able to do that, like this is competition, but you know, we're going to be professional about it. Yeah, I think it's like. Like, you could tell how frustrated Statlander was, but she still was just like, 
All right, good game. Good game. Yeah, no, this was the, it, it was good. It was fun. I want to see this Ruby and Nyla match. I stand by what I said, though. I stand by what I said about the tournament still. Yes. Um, so following that, we have this main event, the Atlanta Street Fight, Cody Rhodes taking on Andrade El Idolo. Uh, I got some things to say about this because this was this was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. What if let me let's let's hypothesize. I I almost gave a lisp there. Let's hypothesize. What if Cody not wanting to turn heel is the big is he, him knowingly not wanting to turn heel is being heel in itself? It's beautiful. There's so many layers to this, unlike the layers of skin that were lost in this match. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Brandy came out. I don't know when the last time I've seen Brandy on TV. It's been a while. But she comes out. Cody was stunned after that power bomb onto the burning table, and they're like acting like, "Oh yeah, we, you know, he did that. He's incredible." This, and I'm like. You're not trying to pretend that you're you're not trying to be a good guy. Right. You're a heel thinking you're a good guy. Right. Yeah. It's like it's like you never trust someone who says I'm a good guy because they're normally not. <laughs> yeah. It's like that perfect work, you know, and then you take out the sledgehammer and the goddamn literal golden shovel. Like. Come on. And then. The, the big controversy in this match is, is the end when when Cody puts himself literally through a table because this was supposed to be an offensive move to put Andrade through the table. Cody eats the table and then scores the pinfall while setting Andrade's stomach on fire. <laughs> it's and like, his back ripping his back apart. Yeah. Those photos that we saw afterwards. Oh, no, thank you. It's just. I don't know. Did it look amazing? Yes. Do I think it was the right move to put through the table? No. I think a powerbomb would have been perfect instead of what the hell did they do? Like a um like an Okada uh, not an Okada, but Osaka street cutter type of type of finishing maneuver. Drada's face went in, but Cody's whole arm was blocking it. So I don't know, maybe just the wrong move, but it looked great. Um, the match itself was just absolutely insanity. I had to go back and watch it again because I was just like, wait, did I see this correctly? Did I sleep and dream this? No, this actually happened. Scott, would you say it was pure fire? Oh, literally into the fire. <laughs> but I think, honestly, the way this match ended, like a fucking knob, went from uh, fucking Cody won again to like, this shenanigans going on. He knows he's he's doing this on purpose now. Oh, of course. You know, this you know, that go that that feeling of Cody needs to go away. Yeah. At least for me. I know a lot of other people are gonna have different opinions on this. For me, it's like I want these other people to go over. But Cody's doing this on this is actually really clever. It is. It is. You can't say that this man doesn't have a spectacular mind for wrestling. 
you know, no matter how much go away he he has currently, like after this match was over, there was not a lot of booing. No. What's bigger? What what's a bigger heel move than decided not to become a heel? Mm. And frustrating a crowd. Yep. Yeah. So I was I'm like now I'm on board with what's happening. I'm really there's a lot of play here, a lot at yep. stake. Um, which we'll go right into Rampage. Good episode of Rampage too. Was uh, kicked off with the TNT Championship title match with the newly signed premier athlete Tony Nese and Sammy Guevara. Wow, that's yep. all I'll say. Wow, this was an incredible bout. I know a lot of people are like they need to stop signing WWE talent. Whatever. Get the fuck over yourselves. He can go wrestle anywhere else, too. There's two nights a week he gets to wrestle with AEW. He can go anywhere yeah. else, too. Yeah. For those this of you was a great choice. Yeah. For those of you who've slept on Tony Nese, this match should have opened your eyes and be like, oh, okay, yeah, this guy can stick. Yeah. Him and Sammy had mad chemistry. Yeah. You know, obviously, Sammy getting the whip. There was a lot of near falls here, too. Yeah. There were, there were times I'm like, are they really going to do this? Are they really going to do this? I thought it would have been fantastic if Tony would have won the match in his first, you know, official match being signed. But, yeah, Sammy's doing some great work right now. Yeah. No, he is. I'm... It's 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 interesting with the... Especially somebody like him who went through the uh, the the Me Too movement and the whole... You know, he said something to somebody the wrong way, and then he had to go. And now he's a. We're not. I'm not going to take anything away from him, you know. But it's 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 awesome to see him do what he did, go through his retraining or sensitivity training, whatever he went through, just to come back to be a bigger star and a yeah. fan favorite. Yep. Um. In in an in incredible talent, great on the mic too. Great on the mic. Yes. Um, following that, we had a squash match. Jade Cargill taking on one of Thunder Rosa's talents, Jana Kai, Jenny Kai, Jana Kai. Um, with Thunder Rosa came out and they kind of you know thrashed at each other a little bit. A little scrappy. A little bit. I like it. Um, this match is going to be insanity too. By the way, mm-hmm. like I thought the Red Velvet match with with Jade is going to be great. Like was great. This one's going to be even more ridiculous. And I honestly, this is a, for me, it's a 50 50 50 flip for who's going to win this match. Same. And that's why I say these two are going to be the ones to win the belt. One of them. Thunder Rosa might be the biggest name on the women's roster who's not Brett Baker. Mm. Um, but Jade Cargill. Is a perfect heel to have that belt. I know That's some people. True. Some people were like, had a couple friends message me. Oh, she still can't wrestle, Mike. And I didn't watch Rampage Friday. Once I finally watched it, I'm like, that was a squash match. And the moves she did weren't that bad. They didn't look bad. Yeah, this this match with Thunder Rose is probably going to be given some time. So we're either going to see if Jade can truly, truly wrestle, or if she gets a little exposed. So 
obviously she's still brand new to this, but she's been dominating in, in pretty much every single match she's been in. So not, I, not everybody I, and, can be bad bunny on and, their first match. Oh Jesus. That's true. Um, that still blows my mind. How, how, how great that match was. Still might be one of the best matches from this mania. It, yeah. No, definitely. Yep. You know, totally better than Bam Bam Bigelow and Lawrence Taylor like 20-something years ago. But I, rem- I remember that match. Oh. So I want to talk about being used correctly. We're going to jump back. I, when I was watching Rampage, watched it late. They had the promo with Jungle Express and Christian. Mm-hmm. And Christian is over there, you know, kind of he he's part of Jungle Express, but he's also like a manager. Right. Yeah. He's also he's he's like a manager. It's like he doesn't wrestle often, but he's involved. I mean, there's times he doesn't come out with them. It's true. This older talent. I know a lot of people like to keep signing old talent. Let's let's look at this. Let's look at this. Christian with Jungle Express sting with Darby. Taz with Team Taz, you know, Ricky Starks, Dante Martin, all these other uh, people. Um, Tully Blanchard with the Pinnacle. Chris Jericho with the Inner Circle. Um, oh, who else do we fucking have? Um, Matt Hardy, the Hart, you know, Hardy Family Office. Arn Anderson. Arn Anderson with Cody. A lot of this older talent, yes, they may wrestle. But a lot of them are really being used almost as managerial roles. Which is something that is a lost art, and I'm very happy that it's back because valets and managers can do wonderful things for storytelling in a match. And the fact that AEW is actually doing a really decent job with it makes me very happy. I haven't seen factions this this prominent Probably since like the Attitude Era. True, but even even saying that, the factions, if you've noticed, have kind of taken a step back. We don't, we really don't see the Pinnacle as the Pinnacle anymore. Really, we don't see the Inner Circle as often as the Inner Circle. So they're doing a good job. Like they're still part of that faction, but they're not on our televisions all of them together at the but, same but, time. But that's what I'm saying. They're not going the NWO route. Wherever right, part exactly. of the NWO. Right. It's like everyone was almost part of a faction and even the jobbers, you know, you had the job squad, but like, okay, they're all part of these factions, but yeah, we're not going to make it faction folk. They are still singles wrestlers. They don't need to be wrestling. You know, like I said, half the death triangle was mentioned last night and I'm like, wait a minute, we're still talking about death triangle. Yep. Wow. Um, you have whatever's going on with, you know, um, this weird pinnacle, like the House of Black. It's like almost unspoken right now. Yep. Um, and that's what I'm kind of going at. Like you have the older guys really helping and hone these people, you know, the talent honing their craft. When they want to get involved, they want to get them involved. They do a pretty good job at it. But also, you know, they do. They are part of factions, but it's not like WWE is like you're in a faction. You got to have a tag team belt. Can I do a singles? No. Yeah. So. I think there's a lot of good layers here that are going on. You're in a faction, but you're still a singles wrestler. It's not your whole personality. This is still. It's part of your personality. 
part of your personality. How it should be. And I like it. I, I, I something I really, really enjoy. Mm. Um, but this tag match. I didn't think. And I love most of the talent here. I didn't think there could be a tag team that could rival the Lucha Brothers or the Young Bucks for a long time in this company. A long time. I'm I I'm at the point where I keep forgetting FTR started in NXT. Yep. They they are so good. They them even Pac. You gotta just just all so good. This was a great match. This was a great, you know, obviously you have, you know, Pac and Penta doing all the flippy shit. Yep. You know, you have FTR being like, nah, we're traditional tag wrestlers. And they do, you know, yep. the traditional tag shit. One yep. thing I thought was really cool and I really appreciated, there was a moment where Pac interrupted something. I don't know if it was a submission or a, a, a pin. And instead of hanging out on the ring for the next five minutes, he literally went back out to the outside. Yep. I'm like, Cool. You're not sitting there for five, and then chaos breaks out. Right. A little bit of organization. They ripped Pence's mask off. You know, Alistair comes out. Alistair. Malachi Ooh. comes out. Who? Who? Spits more acid at Pac's other eye. I, I love how Pac wrestled with one eye. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. How fantastic are you? This, oh my God. The storylines within this match is just beautiful. I love it so much. The only one confusing thing that I have is that Pac is not a face. I don't think he's ever been a face as Pac because he's the bastard Pac. And obviously Malachi Black is, I don't know what you would call him because he's not a heel really, but it's just, that dynamic to me is a, is it's a little odd, but it works because they're both insane. Yeah, oh man, imagine Malachi Black and Pac as a team or as a, in a match. What a one-on-one match. It's going to happen eventually whenever Pac can see again. But <laughs> but my god. There's a lot going on here that I really like. I know, and it's just like I can't and it's uh, like I can feel the internal struggle within me. I feel like Darth Vader. I can sense the good in you. <laughs> um, I've been I've been such a WWE guy for so long, and it's like I can't wait for Wednesdays and Fridays now. It's like I love SmackDown too, but it's like yeah, SmackDown's great, but what's gonna happen on Rampage? Yeah, especially with so the thing is with WWE. Again, I don't want to sound too critical. They had all that talent, and you would get the same finisher for a long time. Like, I'll go to Jinder and Randy Orton. Oh, look. The re- oh, here's the Singh brothers. They're coming yeah. in, and Jinder retains. Anything can happen here. They have so much. T- they involve people who you like, what the fuck is going on? Yep. The Dante Martin sign-in threw me off. Oh, my God. Completely. Like I'm like, wait, what? why is this happening? And then I was like, wait. Thinking about it. And actually, now that you brought that up, I have I, I have something I want to throw out there. Mark had texted me this, and I need to find it. Um, 
give me a few seconds. Um, but, 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 where the hell did he message me with this? I wish I would have thought of this earlier. I would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, there it is. Um, fuck, where is it? But I can't find it right now because naturally that's just how this shit works. So, oh, of course, there it is right in front of my face. So he was listening to our our episode last week and he said another thought about Dante Martin joining Team Taz. He says, what about an eventual three versus three match with Stark, uh, Starks, Hobbs and Dante versus Leo Rush, Matt Seidel and a returning Darius Martin? Right? Ooh. Right. That was my reaction when I read it. I was like, holy shit, that's that's brilliant too. I mean, it completely threw my idea of him just being there to implode Team Taz, but you bring his his injured brother back. Mm. Possibilities. So mm-hmm. thank you for for sending me that because that blew my mind. <laughs> Yeah, incredible. There's actually now I think about it. If I can find because there's been some other stuff going and keep keep in mind with the ring. I'm gonna go back to Ring of Honor quickly. Um there's been some shit going on on Dark and Elevation we haven't watched. I know. Uh AW Dark results. I'm gonna bring this up quickly. It's funny, while while you look for that, like, Mark's been, like, after me, he's like, just stop watching Raw. Just watch Dark and Elevation. Like, I can't. I can't. I have to. I have to have the voice for the other side. (laughs) But I want to. I just don't have the time. If we were a proper news outlet, we would be covering everything. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. If we had the time in the day, I would definitely be watching both. Well, well, here's here's something we missed. Um, We'll have to go back and watch Adam Cole taking on Anthony Green. Yes, Apparently that match was absolutely outstanding, and I'm I have this feeling that they're going to sign Anthony Green, and if they do, God bless him for doing so, because that man is such a talent, and the fact that he's still un well, the fact that he hasn't been immediately gobbled up by somebody is is truly a shame. So I really really hope that he becomes a staple of Dark for now, and then eventually continues to go onto the main roster and actually make a big impact, because I feel like he can. I swear I saw it somewhere on here. I swear I saw Jonathan Grisham wrestling. I think he was backstage. I think you see, you sent me an article about that. I'm just like, oh my God. Yes, give me give me that man wrestling anybody in AEW, and yeah, it's going to be fantastic. It it is. Uh, I'm just uh, reportedly backstage at Dynamite. That was it. I thought he wrestled. Uh, it's just 2022 is going to be fire. Yep, fire. And, and and just a thought, also to to throw this out there, we still have Wyndham in the wind. He's still in the wind. We don't know where this man's gonna show up. So, you mentioned that, and I want to tell you. So I woke up this morning, and you know I got a million notifications. 
you know, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Snapchat, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And there's one from Twitter that said Wyndham tweeted for the first time in a while. And I clicked on it, like, let's see what he tweeted. And it said the tweet had been deleted. <gasps> so. <sighs> I'm sure if it was spicy, it's out there. And now that you mention it, now I'm going to have to look at some point. I'm doing the same thing. Because whenever that man tweets, people listen, people go insane, myself included. I swear to God, if that man shows up at Winter is Coming, I'm going, you, you, you're going to hear me. You're going to hear me, Sam, from Rhode Island screaming bloody murder. And I'm going to be. That to me, I feel, is the biggest, the biggest pain that I've received from WWE is the fact that they let him go. And the fact that they would not give him full creative freedom, because I know that, that that's just not how this works. But that man has done some magical things inside and out of the ring. And I need, and I will say this with a capital N, need him to come back and just blow us away again. He is going to do some crazy shit. He's gonna he's gonna have steam behind him. Oh my god! I can't wait to hear what he has to say. I don't I don't even care at this point if he's gonna completely destroy WWE verbally. I don't care. Uh, knowing him, maybe not. Like maybe he'll he'll take the professional route of things, but he'll probably have some innuendos. I know he. Because his more had to do with Brody Lee, my understanding. Yes, I mean that 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 really rocked him, um, because him and Brody were literally like brothers. Um, I, I, from what I remember, the the whole mental health thing was just a farce that wasn't a problem. Um, and uh, I guess they had plans for him, and then all of a sudden they changed their mind. And this is all speculation, yep. um, but. It's I don't know. I've heard so many things about what's been happening with Bray. I, I just at this point, I just need to hear from him to let us know, you know, what what he'll tell us anyways, you know. What's what's happening, what's been happening and, and what he's going to do, because this this man not being on television every single week is a travesty to the professional wrestling community, in my opinion. Oh, it is. It is. He's. What do, you, what do you want to say? Like, yeah. he when he comes back, he's going to shake the wrestling world. Yep. Uh, he's going to be untouched. Well, that being said, guys, thank you for listening. At least these people are being used right. Am I right? <laughs> right? God damn it, Andrew. <laughs> If you don't already do so, please make sure you follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Above the Ring. Uh, don't forget to follow Ship It Studios, our partner, latest partner. We have merch. Go find our merch. Also, do not forget to follow our friends Back to the Ring. They have an awesome podcast where they take old matches, put a new talent, and try to book it and see if it kind of has the same outcome as it would have X amount of years ago. Uh, we are on all streaming platforms. If there's a platform streaming or not that we're not on that you'd like to get us on, let us know and we will look into it. On your streaming platform, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell people why Shepard Studios, Above the Ring, Back to the Ring are the podcast of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. Guys, don't forget to ship it. 
And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.